several weeks ago, I asked Brother Tim to come share with us. And um, Tim always has a, a good word. Uh, some of, most of your, a lot of you know Brother Tim and know his story. Uh, you can go to the Facebook page for Abundant Life Church, and there's a fairly detailed biography there of Tim. Uh, but Tim's a Mount Juliet boy. I can call you boy, can I, Tim? All right. Uh, Low growth. Tim is, uh, uh, and I remember Kevin Brummett talking about when they were kids and you're choosing up football teams, you always want to be on Tim's team because, A, you knew you were going to win, and, B, you did not want him tackling you <laughs> or you did not want to try to tackle him. <laughs> and uh, Tim... Uh, of course, graduated from Mount Juliet High School, and back then it was right across the street here. And uh, I was—I learned at our first banquet for the Wilson County Fellowship of Christian Athletes, I learned that that uh, Tim, when he came out of high school from across the street, was the second most recruited football athlete in the state of Tennessee, second only to the Minister of Defense. Reggie White. <laughs> and Reggie signed with Tennessee Volunteers and Tim signed with Vanderbilt. I'll tell you something about, anyway, Vanderbilt. He went to How Vanderbilt. About those Commodores. Yeah. <laughs> at some point, he transferred to Southern Miss and then at some point played a little football for the Vikings. Um, I'll, I'll let him tell his story. But, it, but uh, in 2013, the the FCA in, in Nashville, but let me back up a little bit. Tim pastored a church for a number of years called Grace Fellowship Ministries, and that's how I met him. I'm thankful for uh, James Hambrick for introducing me to Tim, and we've been become good friends since then. And, and they they met here in this room for many years, and then they moved over on Lebanon Road. Uh, but that's 2013. The Fellowship of Christian Athletes in Nashville said, "Hey, we need stronger presence in Wilson County." And Tim was teaching and coaching at Montgomery Bell Academy. Is that right? Mm-hmm. At that time. And, uh, the, and so he left that position and became the director for the Wilson County Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And so since that time, we've, the, we, I say we because I serve on his board, uh, we've grown and Tim and his ministry touches about 1400 kids every week. And I think in the last school year, there was a, a well over a hundred. Uh, young people who gave their lives to Jesus Christ through the we as a church unashamedly support fellowship of Christian athletes we unashamedly donate to their efforts because we know that what they're doing reaches young people for Christ so again for a lot of you Tim's no stranger some of you this first time you laid eyes on him and so he's also the teaching pastor at the Fellowship of Mount Juliet. They, they let him come down here today and without firing him. So let's welcome Brother Tim Bryant. Thank you, Brother Larry, and thank you for inviting me to uh, come and, and share God's uh, word today. I see Charlie Bretz is here. Charlie gives me a hard time on the golf course, but he's a, he's a dear friend as well. Uh, again, it's indeed a pleasure to be here with you. I won't do a lot of preliminary, and uh, we'll get to 
to God's word. But it is indeed a pleasure to be here. Um, it's an honor and a privilege to come here and preach to you today. I don't take it uh, lightly. I also want to say I appreciate my friendship with Brother Larry and his wife, Sister Ann. Uh, just appreciate the friendship that we've developed over the years, uh, just trying to do things within the kingdom of God. I appreciate this church and its congregation for several years. I believe it was about five years, Brother Larry. We met here, Grace Fellowship Ministries. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention Miss Ann, our dear Miss Ann, who we had the services here recently. Uh, she was a member of Grace Fellowship Ministries also. You didn't know that, but <laughs> unofficially, uh, she was at our Bible studies each week and brought a lot of joy and excitement and, and love uh, in our midst with our congregation. But we'll get into to God's word here in the book of Exodus. Chapter 15, the book of Exodus, chapter 15, and beginning at verse 22. And when we find that, if your health allows, let us stand in, in the reading of God's holy word. Exodus, the 15th chapter, that is, if your health allows, uh, let us stand. Exodus 15, verse 22. And it reads concerning the bitter waters that were made sweet. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah. For they were bitter, therefore the name of it was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Thank you, and you may be seated. And our message today is make the bitter sweet. Make the bitter sweet. Let us bow our heads. Dear Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, we uh, thank you for this day. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to come into this, your house, your house of prayer. So, Lord, as we open up this, this sermon with a prayer, we give you honor praise, and glory. Lord, I just ask for the touch, as Brother Larry talked about earlier, the touch of thy Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, touch this word, touch my tongue, and cause me not to speak from my flesh, but by the prompting and guidance of your Holy Spirit through your word. Lord, I ask that you keep everyone here today safe and have your hedge of protection all around us. 
And Lord, we know that when your word goes forth, it will not come back void. So Lord, just cause me to stand flat-footed and preach and proclaim your holy word. And Lord, we acknowledge you right now. We acknowledge your presence. We acknowledge your grace and mercy. And Lord, we, we ask and we pray for our country right now, Lord. Touch and heal the land in all the ways that it needs healing. We're just asking for your touch and cause us to be a people that are not ashamed to repent and to come running to you asking for forgiveness. So, Lord, we just thank you, give you honor and praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we start a, a message today coming here from Exodus, the 15th chapter. And we see the children of Israel have crossed over the Red Sea. That God has done a mighty miracle. And now it's recorded that 600,000 men in Exodus 12 and 37, it says 600,000 men had crossed over. And then the estimations are up to even 2 million of women and children included in that number can go as high as 2 million. Picture in your mind this group of people who have crossed the Red Sea. They have all of their belongings. They have their herds, their cattle, everything, their belongings. Keep in mind that they have come out of Egypt also with a high hand, with the blessings of the Lord. It's a great time. It's a joyful time in the Lord. But now we pick up here after they had been singing and celebrating. Now after about three days, it says now Moses in verse 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now we keep in mind that for a human being after three to four days, you're on the verge of dying without water. So they had been three days now. And we see now that they're on the verge of despair. Murmuring had started, complaining had started. And now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah. Just imagine three days traveling. You're thirsty on the verge of despair. And here are waters now. Joy seeps in, but you taste the water and it's bitter. Now, when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. They were thirsty, very thirsty. America is thirsty. And just like at the waters of Marah, the waters here in our land are bitter. There's a lot of bitterness in our country. 
There's bitterness all around. Sometimes I speak to folk, you know, I'm a quiet guy, but I'll pass people in passing. How you doing? Good. (laughs) And they keep stepping. Some just keep stepping. I can even be in the house of God and say, say to people, how you doing? Good. I'm talking about the children of God now. Bitterness is all around the land. They were thirsty. America is thirsty. But what are we thirsty for? Matthew 5 and 6. Jesus tells us, They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Are we thirsty after the righteousness of God, which is in Christ Jesus? Or are we just thirsty to be right? We have all of these dilemmas and problems going on in politics. All of these problems, dilemmas going on with the pandemic. All of these problems going on with differences in our races, our cultures, bitterness. Everybody's right in each of these categories. So much knowledge going on on the internet, but not a whole lot of wisdom. Whole lot of knowledge going forward, but not a lot of wisdom. What are we thirsty for? Are we really, the church of God, thirsty after the righteousness of Jesus Christ? The Lord is trying to tell us something. He's trying to show us something in the midst of all these tribulations. But when is the church going to wake up? When are we going to see what God is trying to tell us? And step forward and lead the world. The world is looking at us. Worldly people are looking to the church, but we're acting like the world. But guess what? We can make the bitter sweet. We see in verse 24, and the people complained against Moses, saying, what? Shall we drink? And that's what people do in times of adversity. We complain. People complain all the time against their leaders. Brother Larry, I know nobody complains against you here at Abundant Life Church. People complain. We complain about our mayors. We complain about principals in schools. We complain about the teachers. If little Johnny comes home with a bad grade, it's the teacher's fault. We complain. We complain about President Trump. We complain about, it's not uh, what definite yet, but possibly President-elect Biden. We complain about Obama. We complain about the Bushes. We complain about Clinton. People are still complaining about Eisenhower and Nixon. 
We just keep on complaining against leaders when we're supposed to pray for our leaders. We got to make the bitter sweet. Pray one for another and pray without ceasing. There in verse 24, and the people complained against Moses saying, what shall we drink? So what shall we drink during this time? If we go to John, the fourth chapter, and we have so many things going on in our country. We'll stop for a minute and look at race relations. And I'm here to preach about these things. You know, me and my wife, we, we've been in hibernation as far as church is concerned since March. But the Lord gave me this message months ago. And then he lined up three opportunities to preach at my church, the fellowship, which I haven't been to, the cowboy church over here in, in uh, going into Lagarda. And here, I haven't been going out, but the Lord said, come out and preach this word. I'm just not coming here. And I hope nobody's been offended. I, I stood outside today. You know, my wife has high blood pressure, so I'm just taking some precautions. But God has not given us the spirit of fear either. Amen. But of power and love and a sound mind. So I'm here to preach God's word. But as far as these race relations, I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of it. Ever since I was a little boy, I've seen these problems. But even before I was born, even before you were born, there's been problems. Not just black and white, but all around the world. Different cultures and backgrounds. There's always a problem. Even here in the Bible, we see here in John, the fourth chapter, the Samaritans and the Jews. The Jews couldn't stand the Samaritans. And we see here opening up in chapter four. And we, we know that many times Jews would go around Samaria. They would travel that extra mile just not to deal with the Samaritans. But we see Jesus felt that he needed to go through Samaria. He didn't avoid it. He walked smack through Samaria. And he came and he found a woman. And this woman of Samaria talk with him and he talked with her and she wondered why he was talking with her. Why would this Jewish man talk to this Sumerian woman? And we see that it's during the middle of the day, during the heat of the day, upstanding women didn't come to the well at that time of the day. They came in the evening. But here Jesus was talking to this lady. She said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? 
For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus told, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him. And he would have given you living water. She said, sir, I have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? See, I'm talking about living water today. Living water is our answer to all of our dilemmas. Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? But Jesus told us, And see, this is the drink that we have to get a hold of. Maybe you haven't had this drink yet in your walk of faith. I invite you to pray to the Lord to give you this type of drink. Jesus said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Have you had that drink yet? You see, this type of drink, this type of water is both internal and eternal. Once you have this drink, once you get this touch of the Holy Spirit... It's internal. And then it lasts forever. It's internal. You will walk in the newness of life. And she asked for this water. So I invite you today, if there's someone who hasn't had this drink of water, to ask for it in your spirit. Talk to the Lord and ask for this water. And when you do, just be prepared Because the Lord will point out your sin. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Because when she asked him about that water, he said, go call your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, I know you've had five. And the one you're with now, you're not married to him. He called out her sin. He brought her sin to the forefront of her mind. Even today, the Lord is calling us, the church, to repentance. Calling out our sins today to the forefront of our mind. Why? Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God brought this pandemic on. Says in Isaiah, 45th chapter. I create and make the evil and the peace. He does it. God is in control. He is sovereign. Nothing happens without God knowing about it. And what are we, the church, doing? Are we repenting? Now we're just, everybody's trying to go back to normal. And skipping the step of repentance. It's time for all of us to humble ourselves. 
Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. He'll bring us out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Are we humbling ourselves? Are we praying? Are we seeking his face? We've got to make the bitter sweet. As we go back to Exodus, the 15th chapter. Exodus, the 15th chapter. And the people complained against Moses saying, what shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree. Moses cried out to the Lord. Are we crying out to the Lord? Are our leaders crying out to the Lord? Because when a leader cries out, the Lord answers. When we cry out to God, he'll answer. Says that Moses cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. I believe the Lord is trying to show us a tree. What is your tree? What What is it? There's different types of things that the Lord is trying to show us. Some are trees, some forgiveness, some love, some I don't. He's trying to show us something in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of race relations, in the midst of Republican and Democrat. He's trying to show us something. Oh, in this tree, let us go to Revelations. 22nd chapter. And the Lord brought to my mind here in Revelations, the 22nd chapter. It says, and he showed me a pure river of water of life. I heard about that pure river of water of life. I kind of got a little thirsty. This pure river of water of life. God is trying to show us the way to life. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. Clear as crystal proceeding from the throne of God and and of the lamb in the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life. And this tree of life was in the beginning we see in Genesis. Now we see here at the end of the Bible, this tree of life. Do we want life or do we want death? We have to learn to live together as brothers or perish together as fools. 
as Martin Luther King quoted years ago. What is it going to take for us to live together in love? There's faith, hope, and love, these three, but love is the greatest. To love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and love our neighbor as oneself. All of the laws of the prophets hang off of these two commands. And back here in Revelation, in the middle of its street and on either side of the river was a tree of life which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him. We go over to verse 14 in the same chapter. Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life. See, I says, saw that about right. And down through the years, there's been the argument, the demand for civil rights, for black people, for other people. Let us not forget about the American Indian. What about the Jewish people? I mean, the list goes on and on and on. But right here now, I'm talking about the right to the tree of life because we're all created in the image of God according to his word. And that in Revelations, it tells us that we shall be around his throne. Those from every tongue, tribe, and nation. Why do we have to wait till we get to heaven to rally with one another in the Lord? We can have heaven right here, a taste of it on earth. Because Jesus allows us to sit in heavenly places with him through our rebirth in Christ. That they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral, murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and the morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. Let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. I just come today to preach God's word and not add on to it. Because what does it say afterwards there in verse 18? For I testify to everyone. This is a warning. Who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things 
which are written in this book. We go back to Exodus, the 15th chapter, as we begin to wrap up our message today. And going back there, end of verse 25, so he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And when he cast it into the waters, now when he showed him the tree, Moses didn't have a lot of questions for him. Well, what am I going to do with this tree? What is in this tree? Why do you want me to go and get this tree? A lot of times we have to have all the answers. When the Lord works within our spirit, in our mind, in our intuition, and he instructs us to do something, but we got to have all the answers first. We have to understand that his thoughts and his ways are much higher than ours. He gives that, gives us that intuition. He gives us that Holy Spirit so that this spirit bears witness of itself in us. So we see that he took the initiative. He was intentional to go and get that tree. Says he got a tree and cast it into the water. Evidently he had to pull it up or cut it down. And I'm telling you that love takes effort. It's a commitment. It's not going to always be warm and fuzzy with black and white, with Republican, Democrat. It's not going to always be warm and fuzzy. We have to be intentional and have a commitment to love. Like God loved us, that he gave his only begotten son. We have to be committed to God's word. And then it says that he cast it into the waters. He was obedient. Miraculous things happen when we're obedient and we trust God's will. He trusted him to go through the Red Sea. And now he trusted him to cast this tree into the waters. Cast all your care at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ because he cares for you. Somebody here today, you don't know which way you're going to turn. He's trying to show you a tree. He's trying to show you to cast all your cares at his feet because he cares for you. God loves us. God loves America, but he's trying to show us something. We got to put down our personal righteous ways because self-righteousness is simply filthy rags before the Lord. It has to be the righteousness of Jesus Christ in Jesus Christ. And when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts him. He'll make the bitter sweet. I'm telling you, he'll make the bitter sweet in our country. There's some bittersweet, uh, bitter things that are in this congregation, maybe in your families. 
some things going on. But he can make it sweet. If only we'll be obedient and trust him. So in conclusion, if we'll go to John once again. And the 19th chapter. John, the 19th chapter, verses 28 and 30. Jesus, as he was hanging upon the cross, when it was all over, when it was finished, says there in verse 28, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. And when we see that, we might, we think that he's thirsty for a physical drink. Now, he was thirsty for that river of life. He was thirsty to go home. He had finished the will of the Father on earth. He had drank from that bitter cup. He had asked the Father to take that bitter cup from it. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He was thirsty. And I'm beginning to realize as I get older, we get thirsty. And we get ready to go home. My mom, when she passed several years ago, she was thirsty. She said, Tim, well, she called me Timmy. Timmy, I'm just ready to go. I wanted her to stay, but she said, I'm ready to go. She was thirsty. I went to see my mother-in-law this week. She's 90 plus. She's thirsty. She's in hospice, on hospice at home. She's ready to go. Everybody praying, wanted to stay. And now she's thirsty. Jesus was thirsty, ready to go home to be with the Father and be on his right-hand side, interceding for you and for me. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. It was finished. All of us, all of mankind now would have the opportunity to have the right to the tree of life. He died for your sins and mine. He did it. It was finished. He made the bitter sweet. And he made it even sweeter when they put him in a grave. And after a few days, he rose from the dead, got up and made his grave clothes and folded them up. Then he hung out with a little while, some days, and there were witnesses with his disciples. And then he ascended into heaven in their sight. It says right there at the beginning of Acts. 
up into the clouds, they watched him ascend. And then there was one who said, the same manner in which he's going up, he will come back in that same manner. He made it even sweeter when he rose from the dead and went on up to heaven and now sits on the right hand of the Father, interceding for you, interceding for me. Let us make the bitter sweet. Let us bow our heads. Dear Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, we uh, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your comfort and your peace from your word. We thank you for uh, that you rebuke us and you reprove us in your word. Lord, now just cause the the word that has gone forth to just be in our minds as we leave here today. Let it ring out in our minds today and all this week to make the bitter sweet. And that this comes through love, through loving you with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Lord, we give you honor, praise, and glory. And Lord, I just ask that you bless this church in a special way. Just keep on blessing it. You've been blessing it for many years. Just encourage them and hold them up and hold Pastor Larry up and just cause them to, when he gets tired, to get on both sides and hold his arms up. So Lord, we thank you. And we ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.